Well, thank you, Pastor Paul. It's great to be here today. Yeah, good morning. Yes, I was under the weather last week, and praise God, I am well today, and it's an honor to be here in this awesome church. I love the sweet presence of God here, and uh, God is moving. God is doing a new thing, amen? Amen. amen. You could just feel his presence. I could have I worshipped uh, the rest of the day. I don't know about you, but you, when, you, when you feel God's presence, and, and we get to look forward to that, right? One day, we'll be around his throne Singing holy, holy, holy as the Lord Almighty. And uh, one day we'll, we will get there. But we aren't there yet. We're not home yet. We got work to do. And um, uh, so this morning, I, it, it is Palm Sunday. Yes, uh, like Pastor Paul said, this is Jesus' Passion Week where it all began this whole week where he would go and fulfill his mission. What he came to this earth to do was that was die on the cross for me and for you. And, and through our uh, series you guys have been doing, we're going to talk about the crucifixion this morning. But particularly, we're going to talk about the two thieves on the cross. And we're talking about Jesus is our salvation. So this morning, I want to bring you guys back to school. Some of you are like, what? School? That's tomorrow. The teens in the house are like, that's tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not ready for school. But you know what? We're going we're gonna to bring you back a little bit today. So when the teacher asks a question and you know the answer, what do you do? Yeah, you guys are so good this morning. See, you're ready. Uh, yeah, let, well, let's, let's practice this a little bit. I'm going to give you a topic here. And uh, the subject today is how well do you know your pastor? Pastor <laughs> Paul. So, yeah, he might not like it. We, well, we went out to dinner, all right? We went to lunch and um, they're so lovely people. You guys have awesome pastors. Give it up for your pastors here. Pastor Paul. And um, so I'm going to ask you a question. How well do you know him? So I'm going to ask you this. What soup did Pastor Paul order when we had lunch the other week? So how well do you know him? Yes, French onion soup. You know him very well. Yes, I didn't know that Pastor Paul was a little bit of a foodie. I guess he goes around and he, he checks out all the French onion soups and he was sharing with me and... and uh, have you, have you tried another one yet? He has pictures of them. So if you know, if you know, if you like French onion soup and you don't know where to go, please talk to your pastor. He will, he will counsel you on, on what restaurants to go to. And so, um, yes. So what, but what happens when you don't know an answer? What happens usually? Well, your hand doesn't go up, right? And if, I've been in a room full of students where they just look at you with stares and you know, either don't know, they don't care, they just want to get out of there, right? And, uh, or they don't want to give it. Either they play dumb, whatever it is. You know, sometimes it's the teacher's fault, right, that they don't know the answer. But sometimes it's the student's fault. It's, it could be a little bit of both. But the goal, though, is to know the answer, right? That's the goal. We live in a world where people don't know the answer, Right now, our world is flipped upside down. Two plus two does not equal four any longer. And we need to know the answer. We need to know the truth. We need to know what we believe. You know, people are looking. They're looking for answers. They're looking for their purpose. They're looking for an answer for their pain. Like they've been going day after day, and they want answers, right? You know, they're looking for answers for the relationships. How long is this going to last? And they're looking for answers with their finances, like, how am I going to make it 
another day. This world is looking for answers. And they've been caught up. And, and most people, if they don't have Jesus Christ, they're hopeless. They really are. Because Jesus is our hope, right? And people are empty. Maybe you're in this room here today and you've come in and maybe this is your first time here or you've been going for a long time and you're just empty this morning and you say, I I still don't know the answer. Well, today's the best day of your life because you have the opportunity to find the answer, which is Jesus, today. You say, well, I don't have any problems. I don't need any answers. I'm going to tell you, we all have one problem. And it's a big, it's a biggie. It's a major problem. I'm going to share the answer with you today. But our problem is sin. Yes, it's sin. It's missing the mark. Listen, we all have sinned. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, we, what we do, what we earn for our sinning, is, is death. That's what the scripture declares. It says, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. So when we earn a paycheck, right, when we earn our wages, we get that money, we're able to spend it and do whatever we want to. But when we sin, we also earn something. And according to the Bible, that, that is death. That's death. See, when you've lied, you cheated, maybe you looked on a woman lustfully, you stole, those wages just like your job, they earn you, is death. So you see, as humans, if we look at it like, well, where's the hope, right? We can't get rid of the sin in our lives. We can't do it on our own. There's no way possible. See, God is a holy God, and he will not let sinful man in heaven with him. Now, today we're going to go over the good news and the gospel, but that's what the cross is all about. That's what Jesus came to this earth over 2,000 years ago. He had a mission. His mission was to die for you, to pay the penalty for your sin so you can be in relationship with him, so you can be in heaven with him. See, we're not meant to live on this earth forever. This is not our home. Our home is heaven. It's home in heaven. And one day we will be there if you know Jesus. One day if he's forgiven you of your sin. And we're going to learn a little bit more. Said, I have good news. I have the answer. Jesus is the answer. See, the second part of Romans 6.23 says this, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The gift of God. God's given you a gift. I don't know about you. I love gifts. I love gifts. I love Christmas. I love my birthday. You can send gifts to my house. My birthday is Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, we'll celebrate. I love gifts. My wife loves gifts. She loved her gift. You should ask her our gift for her birthday. I did a a shopping spree for her. It was was amazing. At home, I bought everything. I spread it all out. She picked what she wanted, and then she loved it. Because previously, I don't know if you're a guy like me, sometimes we get our wise things and they don't really like it. They're like, okay, where's the receipt? So this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to get her everything. She's going to pick what she wanted. And she loved it. It was great. It was great. But I like gifts. And God's given us a gift. He really has. It's in his son, Jesus. It's only through Jesus that we can be forgiven and be free from our sins. 
I like what Romans 5, 6 to 8 says. It says, you see, just at the right time, we are still powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were so jacked up, we were so messed up, he loved us anyway. He loves us, and he loves you today. No matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've done, he loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. 1 Peter 2.24 says this. I like this. Um, He personally, everyone say personally. Personally. I I like feedback here. Carried our sins, say our, our, our sins in his body on the cross so that we could be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. Amen. Jesus died for me and he died for you to save us from our sin so we can have eternal life. That's the reason why he came. That was his passion. His passion was you. His passion was me. He didn't want, he didn't want to leave us where we're at. We're powerless, the Bible says. When there's nothing that we could do. He did it for us. We couldn't pay our penalty for our sin. We couldn't make it to heaven. We couldn't be with a holy God without Jesus, without him paying, personally carried our sins in his body. Like I said, today is Palm Sunday where we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry in Jerusalem. And during his last week where he would die for the sins of all mankind. And like Pastor Paul said, the people thought that Jesus was coming to set up his kingdom. And you know what? The, the people there were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They thought he was coming in, riding on the colt. They were spreading their palm branches down. Yet he was coming, as you learned last week, to be that humble servant. He would die. That humble king, he would die as a servant for you and for me. And one day, though, he will be coming back as king of kings and lord of lords. And we have that, we have that blessed hope. And I can't wait for that glorious day. But that Friday, Jesus... In the Passion Week Friday, that, that, that Jesus would face the cross. He would face a criminal's death, a Roman crucifixion. He would be flogged. He would be beaten. A crown of thorns would be placed on his head. He'd be mocked. He'd be nailed to a cross. He would spill his blood on the ground for you and for me. Don't forget what he did, church. That's why we're here today. Don't forget what he did for you. The greatest act of love ever displayed. He did it for you. As he hung there, there were two thieves that hung beside him to his left and to his right. Two people. They they were both what? They both made mistakes. They were thieves. They were both paying for their sins, for their thievery. By what? By being executed on a cross as well. They were getting what they deserved, and that is death. We're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 23, 32 to 43. I'm going to read with you here. It says, starting with verse 32, it says, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to a place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right 
the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they, do, they, who they are doing. And they divided up his clothing, clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. See, this is a story about two thieves, and they're getting what they deserved. But if you think about it, we have a lot of common with these thieves. They're sinners, and we're sinners. We've messed up, and we need Jesus. But one thief had a change of heart, as we're going to learn, and he found the answer. He found salvation while the other thief rejected it. In these next moments I have you this morning, I want to show you the simplicity of the gospel. You know, we make it sometimes so complex, but it's so very simple. When we're about to share our faith, and sometimes we get scared and we feel like we're unprepared to share the good news. But through the thief on the cross, I want to show you that it's as simple as A, B, C. Like I said, I'm taking you back to school. You may have learned the ABC of salvation when you were a kid in Sunday school, or maybe you, you're new in your faith journey and you're saying, I don't even know what you're talking about. But that's good, because today you'll learn. You'll understand. Whatever the case, this is foundational. This is foundation. This is the basics. We need to know that in this chaotic world that we live in, that Jesus still saves, Right? And he used us not only to de- he uses us not only to declare the gospel, right, but to show the lost through his word how to get saved. He wants to use you and he wants to use me in our everyday lives to love others, right? But also we want to be able to share with others the good news. And there might be a moment we're supposed to give, be prepared to give an answer, right, for the hope that we have within us. Share the answer, you know what? Someone may need to hear this this week. They may need to hear, maybe they need to know the answer. And God's calling you and I to share them and maybe walk them through on how to be saved. But let's start with A. Okay. Admit. Admit. Admit that you are a sinner in need of a Savior and are willing to turn from your sins. Matthew 27, 44 says, In the same way the robbers not just one, two, robbers who being crucified beside Jesus also insulted him. See, some of you, I, I, I just kind of, sometimes we glance over some things, we go back to the word, we, it, Jesus begins to speak to us even more as we're in the word. And at first, you read one passage in Luke, there's only one robber that says that we learned that passage that through insults in him. 
But in the, in the, in the, in the account in, in Matthew, it says that both did. So what happened? They were both, they were both insulting Jesus. They were, they were both re- reviling him and throwing things at him. But one, what happened? One had a change of heart. Something happened in this other thief's heart. Because I believe when we encounter Jesus and we, have, we begin to have some faith, something happens within us. See, they both did it, but one stopped. See, the fear of God gripped his heart and had a revelation of who this man beside him really was. John 23, 40 says, I'm sorry, uh, Luke 23, 40 should say, but the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. Wow, what a statement. Don't you fear God. The fear of God came upon his life. The man stopped insulting Jesus and had a revelation of the fear of God. He had a revelation of who Jesus was. Can you remember the time in your life where God became real to you? I can remember, I can share my testimony real quick. I remember I, was, I grew up in the church in my life, but God wasn't real to me. I went out of duty because my parents went. My parents weren't very religious. They kind of went out of duty as well. I remember I was sitting in Sunday school one day, and my Sunday school teacher, she was like, you know, I'm going to give you this piece of paper, and it says, I make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. I give him all my hopes, dreams, and wants, and everything. And I looked at that paper, and I'm, I was like, no way. I'm not giving God my dreams. I want my own life. This is I was 12 years old. I didn't sign it. I was like, there's no way. I, I didn't know God. I just knew of him, but didn't really know him. See, there's 18 inches between your, your head to your heart, and I was way off. But I remember I, God was still after me, just like God may be still after you this morning. Maybe you haven't made this decision, but he's chasing after you because he loves you. And he chased after me. I remember I was on a service, another church service, and um, the speaker, though, was kind of reading, was speaking something that I was very interested in. It was the friendship of God. It was how God loved you so much. And he become your friend because at that moment, I was a junior high student who was very lonely. I was a lonely person. I didn't have many friends. I was bullied, and I really didn't, I really didn't like myself too much. You know what? And I remember them saying, that day, he says, you know what? Jesus wants to, to be your friend. He wants to be your friend, and he wants to love you. And I was like, you know, if God, if you say that you're going to do that for me, I, I'm going to give you an, an opportunity, you know? So it's a time when you have that, you take that step of faith and say, God, I believe who you are, and you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And that day, I opened my heart, and I gave him my life. And you know what? The love of God came pouring into my life like none other. I don't know about you. When you experience the pure love of God, it changes you. And guess what? You want more. There's nothing like the love of God. When you experience the love of God, it changes you. And that day, it changed me. And it, and it made me on a pro, uh, projected in my life where he, he would then call me later on into ministry and became a pastor. But it was all in those moments 
where I took that step of faith. I gave him, and God came in, and he changed me. And he could do that for you today as well. You see, the thief realized that he was a sinner. He, was done, he had done wrong. But you know what? He, he changed. He defended Jesus, who had done nothing wrong. John, uh, Luke 23, 41 says, We are punished justly, for we are getting what our de- deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. See, the next thing the thief did to get saved was he chose to be believe. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. It's just ABC. Believe Jesus died and arose again so you could be saved. John 3.16, most of us know this familiar passage, but it's, it's, it's critical. And if you don't know it, you should memorize it. For God so loved the world that he gave us one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The thief believed. Luke 23, 42a says, Then he said, Jesus, remember me. Jesus, remember me. Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The thief called out to Jesus, Jesus, remember me. Many here have called out to the Lord. But if you had not, would like Jesus to be your Savior, you can say the same thing today. You can say, Jesus, remember me. Call out to the name of the Lord. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Amen? Amen. Today is the day. Many of you, like this thief, have been looking for the answer, and he did not find it until the end of his life. Today you have the opportunity to make Jesus a Lord of life, not till the end, but you could do it today. You don't have to wait. That leads me to the final letter, the letter C, which is confess. Jesus has Lord your life and commit to follow him. Commit to follow him. Luke 23, 42b says, when you come into your kingdom. Man, this thief had a revelation. The thief believed in the resurrection and believed in the lordship of Christ. He said, when you come into your kingdom. So he had faith to believe that Jesus would once again be alive after his death on the cross. He also said, your kingdom. This infers that Jesus was what? A king. Jesus was king over his kingdom. And the thief wanted to be a part of Jesus' kingdom. He believed that the sign above the cross, which read, this is the king of the Jews, was true. Jesus is not only king of the Jews, but he is king of kings and lord of lords as well. As we read in Revelation 19, 16, it says, on his robe and on his thigh, he has his name written, king of kings and lord of lords. You see, Jesus wants not only to be your savior, but he wants to be your lord as well. The Lord means what? Boss. It means king. It means that Jesus has the reins of your life. He is in control. He makes the rules for your life. I like uh, 90s Christian music or 80s Christian music. And, and um, she, Leslie's laughing. 
So there's a one song, if you ever love Stephen Curtis Chapman, who loves him here. It's, it, the song is called, oh, yeah, the fans are in the house. I love it. Stephen Curtis Chapman helped me grow in my faith in his music. And one of the songs he wrote was, He Makes the Rules. If you know that song, He Makes the Rules for You and Me, let Jesus make the rules. When you give your life to Christ, you don't, you don't make the rules anymore. He does. This does. This makes the rule. This is the rule book, right? God's word, we follow this as a blueprint for our lives. He makes the rules for us. His living, breathing word, word of God. Amen? Amen. Oh, where am I at? Got on a tangent with Stephen Curtis Chapman, because I love him. Um, yes, he, was only, he is the means, Lord means boss or king. Some, but some here meet, need to do that. Maybe some of you have walked away, and you're saying, you know what? I, I've gone, gone astray. I have the reins of my life. I've been doing my own thing. I haven't been listening to Jesus. I've been pushing him away, and I've been king of my life. Yeah, yeah, he's my savior. But you know what? Jesus wants you to be not only his savior, but Lord as well. He's calling you to submit to his lordship today. And maybe you need to do that once again. Maybe you have said, God, I'm doing my own thing. You've pushed God away. But no, he, he wants you to surrender that and say, you know what? God, not my will, but your will be done. Because that's what Jesus said, right, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Before he, before he got crucified, he said, he told his father, not my will, but your will be done. We need to walk like Jesus. Let him be Lord of our lives. You, you need to deny yourself. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said to disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And follow me. You need to surrender your life afresh and anew, possibly today. You see, Jesus extended his grace, his wonderful grace. That grace is so amazing. It's still amazing today. Jesus' grace is still amazing. He can save anybody. Amen? Amen. He extended that, that same grace to the thief. And he extends that to us today. Jesus 23, uh, Luke 23, 43 says, Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Salvation had come to this thief by his faith. The, the thief found the answer. Acts 4, 12, 12 says, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which, by which we must be saved. Ephesians 2.8 says, for it is grace. Everyone say grace. grace. You have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Once again, it's the gift of God. We need to receive it. We need to open it by faith. So you can't earn your way into heaven. People try. You can't be just a good person. Because like we said in the beginning, we have a problem, and that problem is sin. Jesus is the only one that could take our sins away. 
is through the blood that was spilt on the cross that is payment for your sins. That blood forgives you and forgives me. And as I close this morning, I want to uh, finish this passage in Luke and reflect on Jesus' death. I want you to remember what he, what he did for you. We need to remember his love. We need to remember that he loves you so much. We're going to read this together. Luke chapter 23, 44. And I just want, maybe as you are here, um, just let the Spirit speak to you. Maybe you want to close your eyes as I read it. And just remember what he did for you, that he was the answer for your life. And he still is the answer for our world today. Starting with 44, it says, It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Jesus breathed his last breath. And he said, it is finished. It is finished. That work that he did for you and I is finished. And we're going to close the service in taking the Lord's Supper together, communion, and remember Jesus' death on the cross. So the team can come up. But before we do that, the team can still come and start playing. It would be a disservice to you if I did not give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you've once walked with Jesus. Maybe you made that decision and you have walked away. Or maybe you're here for the first time. And you have maybe you've been in this church, you've never made that decision. You're, you just keep contemplating it. I pray, I know that the, the Holy Spirit is speaking you, to you today. thief believed and was saved. The thief found salvation. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Jesus loves you and wants to forgive you and give you new life. Jesus is my Savior. And you can make him yours today. Remember, you just need to know your ABCs. Admit that you're a sinner in the need of a Savior, willing to turn from your sins. Be, believe, Jesus died and rose again so you could be saved. And see, confess, Jesus Lord of your life and commit to follow him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, 
that's you and you want to make that decision, I want to pray with you today. I don't know where you're at in your faith journey, but don't let this opportunity slip slip by today, this morning. Maybe you're hearing you're not 100% sure that if you would, something would happen to you tonight, that you would die or something would happen, that you would go to heaven. You could be 100% today. You don't have to be in doubt anymore. All it takes is faith. The willingness to turn from your sins and to believe on the Lord Jesus. He He will save you. Maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what? I have walked away. I've done my own thing. Jesus has not been the Lord of my life. Yes, he's in my Savior. Maybe you've been playing games with God. You're playing a game and God said, "It's it's done. It's done. It's time to end the game. It's time for you to submit completely to me your entire life. Your hopes, your dreams, and your wants. Everything that you are, he wants it all. He wants all of you. Maybe today is that day where you say, Jesus, I give you all, all of it, all of me. If that's either of you this morning, I want, to, I want you to pray with me. And everyone can join with me as well. If you haven't, if you, if you want to join with me as with the others, you can repeat after me. Say, Jesus, today I choose to follow you. Forgive me of my past, of my sin, and make me new. I believe that you died on a cross and you rose to new life for me. Jesus, I give you everything that I am. I make you my Lord. I make you my Savior. And I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you that I'm a child of God, forgiven and free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's praise God right now. Amen. Amen. At this time, uh, we're going to also take Holy Communion and going to celebrate what God has done. And we're going to remember the, the death of Jesus. And so the only prerequisite that we have is... Uh, is a bit part take communion is you have to be a Christian. So if you said that prayer to God by faith this morning, you can partake with us this morning. And so uh, if you guys all have your elements with you. But before we take the elements, we're just gonna reflect on God's goodness and what he did. We're gonna sing, and I think Pastor Paul is gonna lead us and uh, nothing but the blood. So um, Pastor Paul.